Um, a little chilly yesterday. Of course, we should expect that it's that time of the year. Uh, birthdays and anniversaries. Now, last week we sang happy birthday to Ann and Nicole, and it should have been this week, so they get the proud uh, thing of standing up and getting it again. Uh, and so, <laughs> now you can go ahead. And, uh, so on, uh, this week, Miss Ann and, and Nicole Wilson have birthdays today. Happy birthday. And uh, November the 2nd, uh, Dennis Hollyfield, who's not here, uh, he has a, isn't that correct? Yes, okay. If you're here, will you stand up and we'll sing happy birthday to you? Yes, ma'am. All right, here we go. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, God bless you. Happy birthday to you. Are there any other birthdays this week? All right. Our next hymn's 573, 573. Heaven came down. Oh, what a wonderful, wonderful day. Don't ever forget. After I wandered in darkness away, Jesus, my Savior, I made.
seated. Okay, we have a uh, time for our announcements and praises and prayer requests. Uh, Monday, uh, November the 1st, all the items needed to be turned in. I'm going to give you the Wednesday. Wednesday night is the last night the items can be turned in uh, for Samaritan purse boxes. Uh, November the 7th, uh, at the church, all the youth and helpers uh, are going to prepare the boxes uh, for Samaritan purse and there will be pizza served. Um, the ladies circle meeting that was is going to be not this Tuesday, but next Tuesday. Uh, is there going to be a men's meeting Monday? Yes, okay. Uh, tomorrow night at uh, 7 o'clock. Yeah, 7 o'clock, men's meeting in the fellowship hall. Are there any other announcements? Okay. Um, we're going to go to praises and prayer requests. Uh, I just want to make an announcement that last night uh, we had an appearance made at our... Uh, trunk or treat and it was uh president joe biden um he came with his hair and his ice cream cone and his sunglasses and, and mumbling uh, but he was here so uh we feel blessed to have had him here at our event uh we also had sasquatch so you know that just lets you know uh i have an announcement for uh uh a live nativity drama is going to be at Yates Stagger Church in Carthage. Um, they say that it's, a, it's got uh, seven sets. It takes about 30 minutes to walk through. Uh, the dates are December the 4th and 5th and the 11th and the 12th. Uh, and so what we want to do is from 6 p.m. to 8.30, we want to get a group from the church to go over and walk through. Uh, they have a 20-person minimum, so... The more we have, the more we'll get to go together, uh, which is not a problem walking through with another group. But um, need to let uh, Miss Jean and Miss Diane know so that we can uh, make our reservations. And if you're interested, get together as a group and go and uh, and walk through this thing. And we either have get together and have a dinner before we go or afterwards or what. But uh, you want to see Miss Jean or, or Miss Diane. Uh, that's all I have on that. There's a flyer here that'll get put on the bulletin board in the back. Are there any other announcements? Yeah, I would like to make a comment for this meeting. Uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be uh, Sunday night. It could be Monday night. It could be Tuesday night. Yeah. Praises and prayer requests. Any additions to the prayer list? I have a praise. Everyone, thank you for praying for me. Um, it was definitely a spiritual battle. Amen. So it was 24 
Amen. 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 And uh, uh, that is, it, it's a blessing to have you and you here and, and Tanner. It's a blessing to meet you. Uh, um, we've heard a lot about you and, and uh, she's been through, a, been through a lot. You've been through a lot and uh, we've been praying for y'all continuous and we will continue to pray for you. And we're, just, we're glad you're here today. It's, it's a blessing. Uh, any others? Yeah, James. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> yes, you have a big blessing. <laughs> yep, and we're praying for you too, Terry. <laughs> John. Amen. Okay. Um, any other praises, prayer requests? Miss Miss Sandy. Thanks for all the cards and the letters. Amen. Yes, you sent to Amen. Amen. Mary Russell. Yes, uh, Mary Russell. Um, we need to put her back on the prayer list. Uh, she went back to the uh, hospital. What yesterday wasn't it? And uh, they withdrew uh, 1,100 cc's of fluid from her. Uh, she's breathing a lot better now. Um, and they're working on to see what they can do about the fluid buildup. Uh, uh, she has been diagnosed with congestive heart failure. So pray for Mary Russell. Uh, an update on um, um, Joanne Crabtree. Uh, I think she's back in Hickory now. Uh, She's back home. Okay, okay. She's back home here. here. Good. Uh, I know that when Joanne, I, I heard that when Joanne was released from the hospital, she was wanting to go back to Pigeon Forge and finish her vacation. Uh, so she was feeling great. Uh, she's home now, so continue to pray for her and her um, um, uh, recovery. Uh, any others? Okay. Okay. Um, any other? It's good to have uh, Kathy's sister here today. Um, yeah, she. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, she had. She did a great job. She spent about eight bucks last night. You should have seen the back of that car. So. Uh, if you have any decorating needs, ask her and she'll tell you what to do. Uh, any other praises, prayer requests? Yes, ma'am, Miss uh, Miss Karen. Yes, ma'am, Quail Haven. Yep. Okay. Um, any other? John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think she would be overweight. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, any other praises, prayer requests? All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we come before you and we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for the...
the answered prayers and the blessings and the miracles you perform. Lord, we thank you for keeping us safe and keeping us sound and giving the provision that we have to to worship you no matter where we are. Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you for our salvation that is of you. Lord, we ask you to continue to enlighten us about our duties for you uh, and your kingdom uh, because you caused us and called us to a relationship with you for the advancement of your kingdom. Lord, make us useful servants of your kingdom. We don't want to be just occupants. We want to participate. We want to be players on the field, not spectators in the stand. Lord, we lift up all these families that were mentioned today. Lord, uh, the family that is coming to the end of life of a of a dear brother or, or, or a dear father and, and a husband and grandfather. And we, Lord, we lift them up to you. We ask you to be around these families, Lord, and pull your arms around them so that they can feel your presence as they grieve the loss of loved ones. Lord, there's so much going on today in our world that is unjust. And we just ask you, Lord, to shine your light on the truth. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your answered prayers. We ask you, Lord, to guide us through this worship service today. Let us put the cares and worries of this world aside for the next little bit. Let us focus on you and everything that's said and done here today. Be pleasing and sweet to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Our offertory hymn is 533. 533. Set my soul afire. Thank you. 
Once again, good morning and welcome to Deep Creek Baptist Church. If you have your Bibles, if you will turn to First uh, John chapter 5. Um, last week we had communion. And uh, communion is, is a time that we spend preparing ourselves uh, to renew ourselves, to honor the, uh, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. And uh, I felt like today was kind of, I needed to talk about, are we ready? Are we really ready for our, our journey into eternity? Are we? Uh, I mean, you know, we've been saved. And so, wouldn't you like to know uh, that you can be certain that you'll be with God in eternity? Wouldn't, wouldn't that relieve a lot of press what, or stress? And wouldn't that make a lot of our decisions uh, a lot easier not having to worry about where we're going to spend our eternity? See, the Bible tells us in 1 John chapter 5 and verse 13, These things I have written unto you that believeth on the name of the Son of God that ye may know that ye have eternal life and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God and this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. Think about that. Think about that a minute. Isn't it great that the Bible tells us that we can know where we're going to spend eternity? And if you could, for sure, wouldn't you want to? Now, I'm going to ask some questions here in a few minutes, and, and, and I want you to think about it, and I do want you to please give me some answers. Uh, this is going to be a little interactive thing. It's not like I'm going to ask a question and, and then move on. I want some answers to the question. Just whatever pops in your head. Um, wouldn't you want to know and be able to share what the Bible says 
about receiving eternal life. Now, before we get into any of this, I'm going to ask you a question. Suppose you came before Jesus and he asked, why should I let you into heaven? How would you answer him? That's the question I want some answers to. How would you answer him? Why should I let you into heaven? Who's going to be first? Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Any others? Go ahead, Roger. Amen. Robin? <laughs> well, great minds think alike. Uh, any others? Go ahead, Jason. Yeah. 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 Well, some of the answers that, that if you ask that question amongst your friends, you might get, well, I've kept the Ten Commandments. Really? <laughs> and we're going to get into that in a little bit. Uh, and some might be, well, I've attended church my whole life. I'm a good moral person. I've done nothing wrong. I've not killed anybody. I'm a good person. I was a good neighbor. My neighbor was sick and I helped him. See, the problem with these answers that I just gave you examples of is they have the basis that salvation is earned. And salvation is not earned. The good news is, is that it's a gift. Salvation is a gift from God. And you don't earn gifts. Gifts are given freely. And most of the time when you receive a gift, it's something, number one, that you didn't deserve. Number two, you didn't ask for. And number three, you can't repay. I mean, how do you repay a gift to someone who stuck by you thick and thin where you were in the bottom of the well. Refused to leave and kept hollering down and trying to find a way to rescue out of that well. How do, how do you do that? How do you return the gift or earn the gift from someone who saved your life? Be it swimming or combat or whatever. How do you do that? You don't. You can't. And see, the good news is, is Christ is offering us a free gift. He's giving us a free gift. The gift is eternal life. And see, as that free gift is not something that we earn or deserve. Turn with me to Romans chapter 6. And so this is a great answer that you can give somebody when they mention the answers up above about it being earned. Verse 23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus says 
back in Matthew and in, the, and in John, especially in the book of John, in the third chapter, Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I think it's the third chapter. No one comes through the Father except through me. In 3.16, he says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever should believe it in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And he did not come to condemn the world, but to save it. And so we have these, these examples of how we are to be saved, how there's a gift of eternity, how you can know it. Um, and so here's what we're going to do. Uh, why is eternal life a gift? The answer lies in the understanding of man's problem with sin. Number one, we don't believe we're sinners. And the youth were studying Proverbs this morning. And one of the things in Proverbs is, is that if you say you don't sin, the truth is not in you. It's not just that you lie, the truth not in you. In chapter 3 of Romans, verse 10, if you want to turn there, I'm going to be there a while. Um, Romans was a great book, or is a great book, because it walks through a whole lot about what Christian life is about, what God expects, and what we have in return. Uh, see, sin is violating God's law. Anytime we decide we know better than God, we have violated the law of God. That makes us a sinner. To put it in layman's terms, it's not just right and wrong. We set ourselves up to be our own God. And what does God tell us? Thou shalt have no other gods before me. And I'm a jealous God. And so anytime we disobey what God has been trying to tell us to do, we're making ourselves out to be a big G God instead of a little G God. Sin is, is failing to do what is right. What is right? Put all things before Christ. Put all things before Christ. Now I know all of us, and I'm guilty of it, of being, okay, Lord, I got this. You go on and you help somebody else. I can do this, and I mess it up. <laughs> and then I have to get him to come and bail me out. Because rather than seeking him first, I decide to do it on my own power. And Jerry's power is terrible, just so you know. Um, and so everyone has sinned some way, faith, shape, fashion, or form. Everyone has probably done it this morning between the time you woke up and you come to church. I know I have. And I'm not alone. And I have had to ask God forgiveness several times on the way to church. Because other people don't know how to drive. <laughs> And I'm being for real. And so I have to ask the Lord, Lord, please not only forgive me, but forgive them. You know, I'm, I'm praying that they get to where they're going safely. And I pray I get there too and don't run into their brother or sister. But anyway, um, I digress a little bit there. Verse 10 of chapter 3 of Romans it says, As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doth good. No, not one. 
And it goes on to describe them, and we'll get to that in a minute. The Bible describes the, the consequences of sin. Sin is death. And for sin to be rectified, something has to be covered in blood. Think back to chapter 1 of Genesis when he made the world. And then we get into chapter 2 and Adam and Eve decide that they're going to uh, disobey God. They had a little help. They had somebody in their ear. But what happened? It says that he forgave them and clothed them in skins. That's the first death, the first blood shed to cover sin. Those skins came from an animal that was alive. Blood has to be shed to cover sin. He set it up that way. He had hoped that nothing would ever happen like that. But it did. And we're the recipients and the ancestors of that curse. And so we have grown up as a nation and as a world and a population of people who seek out pleasure and seek out sin and lie and cheat and steal rather than what's good. When our children are small and we're rearing them, do we have to teach them how to be selfish? No. We have to teach them how to share. Do we have to teach them how to be nice and not fight and bite and kick? No. They already know how to do that. We have to teach them not to do that. Why is it that we have to teach them to be good? Why? Because they are instinctively born with corruption, just like us. And eventually, they're going to come to an age to where they're going to have to decide whether they're going to accept this free gift of salvation and prepare for the journey into eternity or whether they're going to reject it. Now, us as parents, it's our responsibility and grandparents to see that we have these children in a place where they can be introduced to God. Not only introduced to God, but to his son, Jesus Christ, and the particulars. And we should be able to display these beauties of holiness to these children. And what we do when we mess up or make mistakes is important for them to see us humble ourselves and thank God and ask God for forgiveness. It's also important for them to see us to go and make right our wrongs to other people. We're teaching them. They are the future of this church. So what is the evidence that we have that we can have eternal life? What is the evidence that we can have? We have that through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It would have been one thing that if Christ had been crucified, laid in the grave, and never rose. He would have been just like any other man. We wouldn't have a, a Bible to go by today about a Savior who gave his life freely for us. But the fact that he rose three days later like he told them he would do, like was prophesied some 600 to 1,000 years prior to his existence, that he was going to raise from the dead. And he did. And he walked this earth for 40-some days. People seeing him everywhere. And then he ascended to heaven to where he is today, alive, guiding us. And all we have to do is believe that he died for our sins individually. 
I know without a shadow of a doubt that Jesus Christ hung on that cross for me. I know that if I was the only person that was ever walked on the face of the earth, he would have gone to that cross for me. With that, he gave me an opportunity. He called me to a relationship with him. I answered the call. He didn't save me from hell. He called me to a relationship with him. One of the benefits of my salvation is I will not see hell. I will spend eternity in heaven with my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And I know a lot of you will. And a question we have before us today is, are you prepared and do you know without 100%, do you know 100% without a shadow of a doubt that that's where you're going to spend your eternity? Because if you do not, today is the day. Today is the day you need to answer that. We're not promised tomorrow at all. We're not promised the next minute. That's why the Bible tells us our eternity rests at the moment that is at hand. Those of us who have a relationship with Jesus Christ, we have a future in heaven. Those of us who do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, their destiny is in hell. And I can't describe how terrible hell is. I don't have the vocabulary to do so. And the Bible says that if I tried, I can't imagine. And I have a pretty mild imagination. I have seen a lot of terrible things in my life. And it says that I don't have the imagination to describe hell. Now you think about that. You think about the most terrible things you've seen in your life. The terrible sounds and the carnage and the things you've seen in your life. And that's nothing compared to hell now i'm not preaching this sermon to try to scare anybody to, to salvation i'm preaching this sermon to prepare the believers for their journey in eternity to walk around in this world and know that the absolute worst thing that can happen to you is you die and if somebody's going to kill you they can only do it once absent from the body present with the lord this earthly tent is corruptible. The Bible tells us it will return to dust. We will get a glorified tent. Think about that. We're going to be standing on the dais with Christ Almighty judging the world. Doesn't sound like, doesn't sound like we're going to be pushing brooms. Doesn't sound like we're going to be servants. We will be of our brother Jesus Christ. Remember, he calls us brothers and sisters. We've been grafted in to the family of God. We're joint heirs with him. Think about that. You're a joint heir with Jesus Christ. You're not just, you're his brother. You're his sister. I can't imagine it. It floors me to know that my brother is the son of God. My brother is the son of God. That's amazing. That's amazing. See, we could never earn salvation anyway. So the solution had to be grace. It had to be grace. None of us could ever live up to being perfect. We couldn't. 
a, one thought, one paperclip, one pen, one thumbtack, one fantasy. Hellbound. You see, you can't live under that pressure. You can't. You can't live under the law. It wasn't designed to live under. It was designed to point us to salvation. It was designed to point us to a need for reconciliation with the creator of the universe. And God did that. And he goes on to describe these folks that's running around today. That's been running around since Jesus' time. In verse 13 of chapter 3 of Romans. Their throat is an open sepulcher. That means it's an open vault. It's an open funeral vault. Their tongues, they have used in deceit. The poison of Aesop is under, their, is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Turn the TV on. Turn the TV on. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways. And the way of peace they have not known. There's no fear of God before their eyes. Now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law. That every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. We're pretty close to there now. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall be no flesh be justified in its sight. Go back up here to where they say, well, I've kept the Ten Commandments. No flesh will be justified under the law. And they'll be guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, they shall be, they shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, Unto all and upon all men that believe, for there is no difference. The law is the law. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ, whom God hath set forth to be the propitiation, the substitute, through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sin that are passed through the forbearance of God. We're covered. We're covered by the blood of Christ on the cross. By grace we have been saved, not of that of ourselves, lest any man boast. I am saved by the grace of God. Not anything I've done. See, confessing Jesus Christ leads to salvation. Salvation leads to eternal life. 
Confessing Jesus means to acknowledge him as the son of God. It's not just I believe in Jesus Christ. I mean, we had examples of him pulling up in Matthew and the demons recognize him and call him out. It says, son of God, what have you to do with us? See, they believe him. They know who he is. Confess Jesus before others and he will confess you before God. It's not just confess it to us. You know, what good is it to love someone who loves you? We're to be loving those who can't love us. Especially this time of season, this time of year. What has God put on your heart? We have a time of year that is going to be the biggest, the second biggest time of the year to celebrate God. Collectively, as a nation. Christmas. Most folks will commercialize it. We know the true reason. They can keep the ships offshore. Our children will survive. Our children will survive. Because we've already taught them what this is about. We've taught them that Christmas, yes, we share gifts. But Christmas is about the birth of the Lord and Savior and the Redeemer of the world. That's what Christmas is about. And here's the thing I want to tell you. We have people that are praying for spiritual blessings. And yet they don't know that blessings are in Christ. Christ is the one who fulfills the blessings. We know that. But there are folks. I, I'll give you an example. There's a person I know who has the ability to uh, change careers. And go in a different direction. And all of this will probably be made true if everything goes according to whole by the 1st of December. This person has employees. And half of the employees are praying that the deal will fall through so they'll still have a job. Not wondering that God's going to take care of them. That the new owner might offer them a position. But automatically thinking that that they're not going to have a job. But the other thing is, is they're automatically thinking God's going to answer the prayer to sabotage the deal for personal gain. It's, it's not a vending machine. He's not a vending machine. He's not going to, you know, he answers the prayers that we ask when we ask the right things. And what are the right things? Salvation for others. Glory to God. You know, healing people for God's glory. To strengthen one's faith. To help us out of a situation that might be damning to us. That is not of our own selves and our own making. You know, God answers all these prayers. But number one, before you ask him to, to hear your prayers... Have you asked him to forgive you for the last few days? Have you asked him to search your heart? Clean out all the dust and give him free access to, to every room in your heart. Even the junk room that you don't want nobody to know about. You'll be surprised how things happen when you come clean with the Lord. He already knows it anyway. 
You're just deceiving yourself. He knows all about us. He knows us better than we know us. He knows us so much that he got a spirit that he put inside of us to pray for us that things we don't even know to pray about. What an awesome God that is. And so my question today is, if the bus was loading up now to go on our journey to eternity, are you ready to get on? Can you get on? Is your heart right? Do you have a relationship with the Savior? Can you enter the bus? Or better yet, let me put it in biblical terms. Can you go up the ramp and get in the ark? Can you walk up the ramp and get in the ark that God's going to close the door to and seal it for eternity? I hope there's more than eight people can enter. That's the question you have. Can you enter his ark today? If that ship was being built, could you enter it? Would you be a righteous person to be able to be counted worthy on the ark? When he comes and takes his church out of this world, are you going to be here praying, Lord, I'm sorry? Or are you going to be in the sky shouting hallelujah and praising God? That's, that's, the, that's the real question. Are you going to be left behind? Or are you going to be caught up? And today's the day to know for sure. Let's go to Lord in prayer. Father God, I love you and I thank you for this day. I Lord, I just ask you to bless our time together. I ask you, Lord, that not one soul leave this place today uncertain about their worthiness for the journey to eternity. I ask you, Lord, to touch each heart. If you have a question today, Lord, cause them to get right today. Lord, I just love you and I know you're in control. And we just bless you and praise you for all that you do. Lord, I love you and ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Four twenty nine, four hundred and twenty nine.